I think the idea that I had a purpose and a passion for what I was doing that was so deep that I knew the shooters didn't care about. Ironically, that's where my mindset was. It was like, I wanted to prove that they weren't going to stop the mission for me and having a purpose in uh, life, I think is what gets us through so many things, Mm -hmm. just understanding in some way, people are always experiencing some type of barrier to what they think is next or a tough time in some way. And I just didn't want them to take that from us. And I didn't want them to rob what could be, you know, some type of world changing opportunity for someone and someone, you know, waiting for their life change to happen via these workout videos or a community. I didn't want those people to stop that mission. Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls, and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds, and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Welcome back to the show, guys. On today's episode, I sat down with Sydney Cummings, and she is an incredible woman on a mission. After losing her brother in a traumatic accident and surviving a random gun attack, yes, she was shot. I mean, nothing can stop Sydney. She is now making fitness accessible to everyone all over the world with over a million subscribers to her YouTube channel called Royal Change. She has over 115 million free workouts to people from all over the world. And I loved our conversation because it just shows you how somebody can be so resilient, how somebody can take very negative traumatic events in their life and make a positive, like keep moving forward, keep showing up in her community and keep showing people what is possible. Um, She is just so incredible. I hope you enjoy our chat together. She's so informative and we're going to have some fun in our future with some workouts uh, together on the strong page. And again, guys, if you love this episode, please share it on your social, tag us, tag me, tag Sydney, and just let us know what you learned from this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the show, Sydney. I am so excited to chat with you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) I read your incredible story in our last May, June issue of Strong Fitness Magazine. And your resiliency and just how you've turned two very life-changing, uh, life-changing events. And most would agree very traumatic events into a more positive outlook on life is in my opinion, absolutely incredible. And I have to tell you, I really admire that about you. And I would love to dig deeper into the mind shift there because, you know, myself as a coach, I deal with a lot of people and I find that there are two types of people, some who blame their circumstances from, 
you know, for not getting ahead or, you know, the obstacles for not moving forward and others who actually use their obstacles to fuel them and help others. And I think you're that person. And I would love to just uncover how you did this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm willing. I'm an open book. So anything, obviously that would help anyone, you know, I'm, that's the only reason I keep telling my story is that someone somewhere like sees something in that story where they're like, I can do this. I can, I can get through this. I can shift the way I think about this. So yeah, I'm all yours. <laughs> good, good. I mean, looking at you and how positive and smiley and you know, how you show up on your social media and, and show up constantly in your community and, and on your YouTube channel with over 1 million subscribers, you would have, you would never know that you survived a random gun attack and you were actually shot. Like, can you take us through what happened there? Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what I, not to put like a a fake facade over, you know, Mm -hmm. my appearance or anything, but I I do just hope that that's what people kind of get through, you know, trials and tribulations. There's still potential to be happy. Um, So the shooting actually happened in um, 2018, right after my birthday, actually, I just turned 28. So it was two days later. It's why I remember it so specifically. But um, we were, Dustin and I, my husband were locking up our studio. We had just filmed a workout semi late in the evening, which wasn't terribly uncommon for us at that point in our YouTube journey. Um, We were still working full-time jobs. He is a CPA and doing media on the side. I was still a full-time in-person personal trainer and we were trying to start this YouTube channel, you know, to make sure we could serve a bigger audience, give people uh, access to fitness all over the world, whether they had, you know, $0 in the bank account and lived nowhere near a gym or not. So we started that mission kind of at the end of 2018, right around when this was happening. Um, But we locked up our studio and we're going to go home that night to go and start editing the video. And we turned to go down the stairs to our cars in the parking lot. And I noticed four guys kind of walking up the street, probably going to pass us. So I thought, let's, let's just get in the car. It's dark. We're by ourselves. And we turned to go to the car. And I guess the guys turned towards us. And I heard behind me just a very faint whisper, which Dustin didn't even hear. um, And they said, don't move. So I thought, I don't know if they were talking to us or if they were talking to each other. So I look back over my, I think it was my right shoulder. And I see one of the four guys has a gun pointed towards us. Just saw like the flicker of the metal in the streetlight. And so in your mind, you think you're going to scream and you're going to run. And for some reason, all I did was say, Dustin, get in the car, get in the car. They have guns right now. So we walked, it was about five feet away from us to the car. When we got in the car, he was closer to the shooters than I was. So he got in the passenger side. I ran around or he got in the driver's side. I'm sorry. I ran around to the passenger side. And by the time we both started sitting, they started shooting and they ended up, we found out later shooting eight shots. Um, Right before I sat down, I kind of looked back over at them and two of the guys had gun pointed towards us. So two guns and I could just see the flicker in the streetlight and just kind of like shadowy figures. I couldn't see anything like faces or anything like that. They all had hoodies on and I just saw the guns flashing. So We sat down at the same time they start shooting um, eight shots, like I said, and one of them managed to go under the car, bounce back up and hit me in the foot, uh, which I somehow didn't feel until uh, like three or four minutes later when we were, Dustin got us out of the parking lot on our way to just leave that area. And he called 911 and I was crawling kind of out of the floorboard and I noticed my hands were wet. 
So I looked down at them. And then as the streetlight kind of flashed over the car, I noticed they were red. It wasn't just wet, like it had been raining, but it was blood all over me. And so then I told him, you know, I've been shot. They instructed us to pull over and a McDonald's parking lot of all places because an ambulance was closer to us than we were to a hospital. Um, then they took me into emergency surgery and um, they, the bullet actually shattered my heel bone and barely missed my Achilles, thankfully, uh, but had to have, you know, four or five months of rehab and no filming workouts, obviously, and non-weight bearing because it hit a nerve and hit some uh, branches of arteries. So they had to do some pretty good, you know, damage control in the surgery. And um, it's crazy to think that that's a part of my life story. But I woke up thinking this could have gone so much worse for Dustin to be closer to the shooters than I was harmed none. Um, And for me to only have, you know, basically kicked a bullet. That's the best case scenario out of, you know, what could have happened that night. So I just woke up not knowing was I going to be able to walk again? Was I going to be able to be a personal trainer? Was I going to be able to work out? Could I feel my foot? Um, I don't know, but I was just thankful that we were both alive and they're sitting together. Wow. That is, that is crazy. Like that's like, you only see that type of thing in a movie, right? Right. You must've felt like you were in a movie. Yeah. It felt like this is a dream. Like this is something that someone else experiences. Never something I thought would be a part of my life story. And did you ever experience like fear or did you have to get over that with some, with somebody? Like, how did you transform this experience into, cause I mean, I read your story. Like you just, you kept going, you kept showing up in your community. You kept delivering videos. Like, did that help you? Did, did knowing that people were relying on you sort of help you get through this? Yeah, I definitely had a period where I was Uh, scared initially right after the shooting when we were waiting for the ambulance actually my first thought was what if this was some type of um, gang initiation or something Mm -hmm. because it was four of them and what if they didn't technically finish the job and they wanted to find me and finish the job that they were trying to do or find Dustin and so I was I was scared for a while that there was some kind of motive behind it that they didn't accomplish if you shot that many shots at two people and they still got away you know, what's, what's your thought process there? Um, so I was scared of that. I was afraid of long-term damage, of course, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, not only physically, but mentally, I didn't want to be scared of everything for the rest of my life. I yeah. didn't want to be, you know, afraid of the dark or afraid of people around me at night. So it did take some time where I think I kind of like retreated into our apartment for a long time and didn't want to go outside by myself at night. And, slowly, I think that that edge kind of faded off of that. And, you know, the police told us it was just a crime of opportunity. These people had just been holding people at gunpoint and robbing them for about a month straight. They found them later. They continued on to do those type of things and, you know, found evidence from like 70 armed robberies. So luckily it wasn't any type of like, they're going to finish the job. It was just like Mm -hmm. a string of crime that they, they wanted something from you mm-hmm. right yeah mm-hmm. maybe they were going to take our backpacks which they never asked for but I, I don't know I just I'm so thankful that it was not that um but I think the idea that I had a purpose and a passion for what I was doing that was so deep that I knew the shooters didn't care about ironically that's where my mindset was it was like I wanted to prove to them which they'll probably never have any idea that they weren't going to stop the mission for me and having a purpose in 
uh, life, I think is what gets us through so many things, Mm -hmm. just understanding in some way, people are always experiencing some type of, uh, not necessarily trauma, but some type of uh, barrier to what they think is next or a tough time in some way. And I just didn't want them to take that from us. And I didn't want them to rob what could be, you know, some type of world changing opportunity for someone and someone, you know, waiting for their life change to happen via these workout videos or a community. I didn't want those people to stop that mission. So it was a little bit of like a maybe ego, maybe not wanting them to take that away from me, Mm -hmm. uh, but also just a deep passion for the message and the mission that we were on to show people, you know, what's possible with at-home workouts or with workouts you can take anywhere. Um, I luckily had never experienced an injury like that before. I was a collegiate athlete, was in, you know, some of the top national qualifying track and field meets, and somehow I'd never experienced an injury where I had to stop and just sit out and heal. So that was my first time experiencing that too. And I thought, this is not the first person to ever be injured. And Mm -hmm. I know that there's someone else out there that's looking for an ease back into fitness after injury, after pregnancy, after anything where there's time off. And I wanted to be able to show that journey back from the shooting to, you know, I was an elite athlete and then had to sit out for four months. So I knew I was technically a beginner again, and I had never been at that spot. So I thought I'll be able to relate to a lot of people if I just show my comeback journey and just show, yeah, it's not going to look the same. It's going to be very, very dialed back, but there's a process and there's a journey that in some way we're all going through or will at some point. And I just wanted to show, you know, there's proof that there's a possibility after, you know, a setback. That's awesome. And it allowed you to connect with those people, I guess, more on a more deeper level, right? To know the people that a lot of people experience injuries, but to actually show what you, what you went through and and your whole rehab to live optimally again and and to train like how you used to, that's, that's incredible. Hey, I'm going to interrupt the show because I have to share one of my most favorite pieces of home equipment slash travel equipment. And if you love to work out as much as I do, then you're going to want to check out Max Pro Fitness. This is so awesome. If you're following me on IG, coach underscore JVB, you will see some of the videos I posted with the MaxFit Pro. It's a full cable system that folds up into a backpack and you can legit bring it anywhere or pull it out like it's so easily stored and for all my fellow strong women out there there are 50 resistance settings from five pounds all the way up to 300 pounds at the turn of a dial and the entire system only weighs 10 pounds I love it so much that I have partnered with them to offer you guys a hundred dollars off your purchase So I'm going to include the link in the show notes. Be sure to check it out and you're going to save $100 off the full cable system that folds up into a backpack. Oh my God, guys, you are going to love it. I hope you take me up on this opportunity because you are not going to be disappointed. This wasn't your first traumatic event. Uh, Sadly, you lost your brother in an accident. And uh, I cannot even imagine the pain that you endured. I have a younger brother too, whom I'm really close, close with. And oh my goodness. And, and, and I, this happened before, but that was sort of like a wake up call for you to just like live your life to the fullest. Um, How did you like, how, how did you, how did you choose to do that? Because when you're going through so much pain, you know, how do you choose to just like 
say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to continue living positively and I'm going to live my life to the fullest. How, how where was their mind shift there? And, and how did you transition into uh, that positive life after something so traumatic like that? I think it was a little bit of never having experienced it before. Like I'd experienced some loss, of course, but nothing to the the depth that is your younger brother, right? Your lifelong best friend, someone that you don't really know life without. I'd never experienced anything that was that uh, deep of a hurt for me. So I, I would say like, I had no idea how I was going to get through it, I, but I knew that for for his life to have been cut so short, so quickly, he just got married. He just had a baby just over a year before that. Um, mm-hmm. I knew that if his life was going to be cut short so unexpectedly and, and just someone so full of life, number one, I didn't want my life to have a loss of life as well. I didn't want to move on from that, you know, carrying that pain with me and let it define me. Um, I wanted it to be something to where if he didn't get the chance to live anymore, I was certainly going to make sure that there was a life still in me and I could carry on in honor of him and bring the characteristics that I love so much about him, you know, full of life, always just a fun, fun friend, the dependable friend that, you know, is always going to tell people he loves them, his family knew he was obsessed with them. So I just wanted to bring those characteristics into who I was to carry on that type of person in the world and kind of keep his legacy alive. Um, was it something that was just quick and easy? And I was like, oh, just, you know, be happy for sure. Not it was, you know, how the heck am I going to get through this? Mm -hmm. How does anyone survive a heartbreak? That's this deep. And not only for me, but I saw my parents just break, you know, completely into different people. And understandably, I can't imagine that either, but I knew that if there was going to be some kind of glimmer of future potential of happiness for them, for myself, I knew that I couldn't let that define me, but carry on in a way that said, I've got to honor this person. I've got to honor this man that, you know, grew up from a boy in the last like five years and was just living his life. Um, That's the kind of person that I want to be as well. So I just knew that in honor of him, I couldn't let that define me or stop me Mm -hmm. and, you know, made the, the idea of the YouTube channel actually out of that pain, just knowing like if today were my last day, and this was it for me. And my story was over. Could I look at myself from the outside and say, yeah, I'm really proud of the change you made in the world or big or small. Can I look back and say, I did everything that I wanted to do. And at that point I could say, no, I was, I was a personal trainer who had technically had a full book of clients, but couldn't grow my business anymore. Cause I just didn't have any more time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't scale it whatsoever. So I was busy, but I didn't think I was fulfilled and creating something that would leave a legacy. So um, that's when Dustin actually, after that, quit his job as well, because we had been dating for about eight years at that point. So he was very close mm-hmm. to my brother as well. <clears throat> and he actually left his job uh, a couple months later, just same kind of thing. Like if today were my last day, I wouldn't be happy with what I've done so far. Not that it was something to be ashamed of, but potential wise, we knew we weren't full potential us yet. Um, so we dove into what I think was like a rebuilding phase emotionally, physically by building a a videography set. And we found a random place that was like blocked off uh, 1000 square feet of an engineering firm. And we're like, can we just build something here that, you know, we can film on once a day, pay rent every month. And it was definitely a struggle to try to make ends meet and try to build that. But I think that 
rebuilding helped us kind of heal from losing my brother as well. And I, I definitely think he would be super proud of where we are now and what we've kind of used to channel that pain into something that can help people all over the world. And I talk about him often. So, you know, I think he would enjoy that as well. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I think when you go through something like that, it forces you to reassess your life, right? Definitely. Like, yeah. It and makes you take a look at what you've done so far and what are you proud of it? Are you yeah. complacent? I think is the word I keep going back to. I was busy, but you know, outside of that, it was just, are you leaving a legacy that's going to mm-hmm. last past when you're gone? And that's like how you, that's when you started Royal change, right? Like that yeah. was, that was, and that, and Royal Change is your YouTube channel. Um, it's your community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can we, can you let us all know, like, who's it for? Um, what, what types of workouts you'll find there. Um, and I, I know I love your mission of, you know, accessible fitness to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so I guess technically Royal change started a couple years before that with just the in-person personal training. Yeah. Um, that was Dustin being a CPA. He was like, we need to actually put a name on this thing. It was like, let's be safe here. Mm-hmm. So we, we established it Royal change, which was, uh, based on, we moved to Charlotte, which is known as the queen city. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where we felt like, Oh, this is a city with potential for us to grow, uh, change just being the idea that we didn't want it to be like an aesthetic driven fitness company. We wanted it to be something to where, uh, you know, fitness could help you make changes that you want to see in your life in just terms of happiness, you know, healthy uh, procedures or like habits that you have going on in your life. So any type of change that would make you feel like royalty, that's kind of where royal change came from. Um, but it wasn't okay. until losing Zach that we actually decided to take it digital. Mm-hmm. And um, that community has just embraced every single piece of my journey. I think just because it's actually relatable um, yeah. and they've when the shooting happened, when I lost my brother, I initially started the channel thinking like, I need to be this trainer who looks perfect and never looks tired. And is kind of like smiling all the time. And the more I kind of opened up and was just myself and, you know, showed me tripping over my mat, showed me dropping my water bottle or me sweating and really out of breath from the workouts, the more people felt connected to the trainer instead of just, you know, inferior to the trainer, which is something I never wanted, never felt anyways. Um, so I, it's funny that I you was, put your pressure, you put that pressure on yourself, but nobody really cares. Nobody really wants exactly. to see that perfect person. Exactly. You know, I was just kind of looking at what was out there on YouTube and I was like, man, everyone looks really flawless. At the end of their workout. <laughs> I look like I've been in a marathon, but I think that people appreciated that there was no pressure to, to measure up to a trainer or like mm-hmm. compared to the trainer, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm, and this person mm-hmm. still looks like they just got done with the photo shoot. So I think <laughs> that's where the pressure came from of just seeing what was already going on. Uh, and luckily the more I opened up and was myself, I was, I was embraced for sure by the community and just so many people through uh, not being close to a gym. Dustin and I grew up in kind of like humble beginnings is what we say. We just didn't have a ton of money for extra gym memberships or our families didn't for personal trainers weren't even in the conversation. So we didn't, I didn't live very close to a gym and I knew there were so many people out there with those barriers mm-hmm. that don't have childcare for a gym or don't have um, barbell experience from a collegiate career. And I just wanted to bring fitness to people where they were and just kind of meet them where they were. 
So that's where the accessibility kind of came into play, just driven from our beginnings and knowing that people still deserve high quality fitness, no matter what their bank account looks like or what their proximity mm -hmm. is to a gym. And I think that broke down a lot of walls for people who are <laughs> afraid of a gym too, being intimidated by seeming like everyone else knew what they were doing at the gym, not wanting to be that girl or guy who went in having no experience. And, you know, for that reason, I coach a lot on technique and how to move your body and how to make sure you're, you know, doing things properly, which I mean, is why mm -hmm. I'm actually one of the few YouTube trainers who talks the entire workout, um, which is not some people's style, but it's my passion to make sure that people get access to someone who's not just doing the workout beside them, mm -hmm. but actually coaching them. Like, how Queuing should I them. feel here? Mm -hmm. How should I be positioned here? So that means a lot to me as well that people, it's like, I show up into your house and I am your personal trainer. And it's an experience to where they can learn and grow stronger, uh, both physically and I think mentally in terms of confidence. That is so awesome. Now I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to more of like the business side of things here, because we have a lot of fitness pros listening to this and, and a lot of my clients are turning into trainers themselves. And so I, I'm always an advocate of like, get on the gym floor and get that, like you get that experience there working yeah. with, with real people. Absolutely. And then a lot of the people that are doing that, you know, they want to transition to online. And so mm -hmm. how did you do that transition? Like, was it a slow process? Did you just because you dealt with your, you know, your, um, your brother passing away, was it more like, okay, I'm going to do this now. And was it quick? How was that transition for you? And was it scary? <laughs> Definitely scary. I'll start with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the recent, pandemic has made everyone think like, I got to go online. I got to get to the internet. And for me, I attribute a lot of who I am as a trainer to having so much on the floor experience with mm -hmm. physical bodies and knowing what happens to clients when they get tired is so helpful when you don't have anyone in front of you. Um, knowing the movement patterns or the uh, mobility compensations that they might perform just out of sheer, uh, you know, lack of ankle mobility could totally affect their shoulder press, lack of, yep. you know, the anterior pelvic tilt could totally affect their squats. You know, yeah. just seeing that in person is such a different world than just doing a workout in front of people and saying like, come on, keep up with me. You know, I, I totally. constantly have this person envisioned or visualized in my mind when I'm training thinking, okay, if this person's tired, what movement compensations are first? Their knees cave in. How can I tell them activate your glutes, pull your core in a little bit taller because I've seen it so many times or yeah. the person who works a desk job all day and wears high heels, how are their feet and how is their lower back and their hamstring mobility going to affect every movement that we do? And I think without a doubt, it was a slow transition, but I'm so thankful for that experience where I could see bodies and I could watch bodies mm -hmm. and just know how things uh, progressed through a training session. And I, you know, definitely was not for, uh, it wasn't easy uh, for me to transition because I, we weren't making any money off YouTube for a very long time. It was probably, you know, we were approved for the YouTube partnership about one month before the shooting. So then there was four months wow. off again. So it was almost a full year of making less than rent for the studio that we wow. filmed the workouts in. So I had to keep training full-time and Dustin had to keep doing his videography and photography part-time and CPA job full-time. So 
for me, just based off of like, I didn't have any funds backing me. I didn't have anyone, you know, investing in me aside from Dustin, of course, but we didn't have the means to just like jump off and say like, I'm going to take this digital because we had to pay rent and it just didn't add up for us at that point. So it was slow. There were speed bumps for sure. Uh, but I absolutely attribute everything that I say in the workouts to having that in-floor experience yeah. of just watching bodies, I guess is a, a strange way to say it, but, and just constantly studying, like what could someone who works at a desk all day potentially do when you tell them to do a push press or what could someone with very, very tight ankles potentially do when you tell them to do a squat and just always making sure I'm studying um, people in general and their lifestyles and how that can affect their movement. I love that. And I think that's what, um, is lacking in the online world. To be honest, a lot of people are moving to online way too quickly. You know, they've taken yeah. a course, they've got certified and then they moved online and they've never worked with an individual. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I, and I think that that's probably why your YouTube is just so, um, successful because you're actually cueing people and talking them through, right. Like yeah. as you would, if somebody was working directly with you. Right. So how do you, like, I know that your business has like, we just had a little private chat before we pressed record and you, and you said that, you know, it's evolving and it's growing and it's awesome, but yeah. what does your day look like now, maybe compared to when you first started, like when you were showing up all the time on social and it, you found it maybe easy, what does it look like now? Yeah. Our, our conversation was so I'm so glad that you could relate to it because I feel kind of crazy when I say it sometimes, but you starting from being a personal trainer pretty much full-time and then having to do the YouTube video, that was pretty much it for a while. So I was just basically in the gym with a person or on set filming a workout and that was it for my day aside from, you know, eating and, you know, trying to make sure people understood healthy nutrition there was no like employee management. There was no hiring process. There was no business meetings. There was no merchandise inspection and sourcing. And uh, there's so many things in the business now that I'm so thankful to be involved in, like you said, but it's so much easier to show up on social doing yeah. you know, constant fitness tips when that's not a part of your day now, or it wasn't a part of my day. It was just, let's film a workout video. I know I have to program the video. Uh, or the workout. And I know I'll be around clients all day. So I'm in a gym constantly, just like with access to equipment, I can yeah. take pictures of anything. And now it's like, you've got a meeting at this time. You've got employees coming in at this time. You've got to hire new employees because you're growing so fast. You've got to make sure that all the business meetings that you have with the sourcing agents overseas for your merchandise are met. And they're on a completely different time schedule than we are. And just so many blessings, I will say, are, are taking up so much of my time now that we're not a part of the picture initially. And mm -hmm. sometimes I miss it. I miss the simplicity of it just being Dustin and myself. And we film a workout every day and we know it's helping people. And then we just kind of regroup and do it again. Um, now it's a totally different ballgame. We basically got like three different businesses going on in one with the wow. YouTube channel and uh, our membership community is the Sydney squad. We've got thousands of people from all over the world there. Um, so that's its own kind of beast in itself where we go live every day and talk about fitness and nutrition and bring in registered dietitians and physical therapists. Wow. And then we have kind of the like social media and influencer side of things where we have a partnership with Ghost. Um, we have merchandise as well. So that kind of falls into like a different subsection of clothing or getting fitness equipment in. 
So it's kind of like three or four different businesses have stemmed from just the YouTube channel um, slowly. But now that I think the pandemic sped everything up for online fitness, so there were mm-hmm. a lot more eyes on our channel. And with that has come a higher demand very quickly for both the membership and the merchandise in which we have to kind of stay up on it, have to hire people. We have to make sure that there's not just a lull in supply, which has been tough for anyone that's involved in the supply chain in any way in the last year. Everyone has kind of suffered from different parts of the supply chain being uh, less fulfilled with job positions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's harder to find time to set aside like Instagram photo shoot time or yeah. <laughs> Facebook photo shoot time or YouTube shorts or anything like that when there's you know, basically like six balls up in the air and you just have to make sure they all stay moving all day. So it's different, but in a way that I never imagined was possible. And I'm very, very thankful to be here, but definitely different and not as simple anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's evolving and it's growing and it feels, it feels, you know, a little scary. Like before you probably just did what you did. And now it's like, you have to think it through, plan it ahead, teach people what you're doing. There's a whole, it's a whole different ball game. I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of your limiting, what are some of the limiting beliefs maybe you had from childhood or growing up that you've had to overcome, um, especially starting such a successful business as you have right now? Um, I think, I don't know if there were beliefs, but I think I, I never knew what was possible, um, especially in the fitness world. I didn't know that First of all, being a personal trainer could support me as, as just a person. And then, you know, marrying Dustin, I never knew fitness was something that people lived as their full-time career with, uh, just because coming from West Virginia, there was like a couple trainers, personal trainers in Charleston, West Virginia specifically. And then I had my collegiate uh, personal trainer, my strength and conditioning coach for our track team. So I thought like in between there, there's nothing, right? Like this yes. collegiate strength trainer can probably support himself and his family, but Um, I thought the YMCA personal trainers probably had the personal training thing as a hobby. So Mm -hmm. I never really knew that that was a potential career path for me, uh, first of all. And then starting with uh, personal training outside of a gym, I had no business experience either. I graduated from um, college with a degree in child development and family studies and a minor in speech Mm -hmm. pathology and was actually going back to nursing school. So I was very like people centered in terms Mm -hmm. of my education and didn't have any experience with business whatsoever of like how to grow a demand for a personal training business, how to meet that demand with the supply of my time and how to gauge prices accordingly. Um, Still, I'm learning from Dustin, who was a CPA and graduated from the school of business. He's got so much business experience through his jobs and through working in a corporate world and just his education that I didn't have that experience at all. And I'm so thankful to have him in my life to learn from him and to, to kind of be a little bit of like a, a mentored partner, I guess, in the yeah. business world. Um, I'm more of like the, the fitness and the people connection type of our, our part of our business. So didn't have any business experience. We both really struggled for a couple of years when I came down here because I was making no money uh, in personal training. I think my first paycheck was like $207 for two weeks. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, I, I was there too. <laughs> That's why people don't take it seriously. Right. Everybody thinks it's a hobby or a side job. Exactly. And you've got, you know, we, uh, you have clients that just don't show up and you're at the gym for six hours for two people. And you're like, well, um, I don't have time to go home because I have a client in an hour. And so it was just like a, 
a very hard financial struggle because I was, Dustin was basically banking on me to just figure it out and turn it into something. He kind of gave me a year ultimatum of if you try it, it just doesn't work. You can go back to nursing school. And so first couple paychecks, I was like, oh no, really (laughs) bad mistake. Uh, But so that was kind of a limiting belief too. Like, how am I going to have the money to do anything? Um, Not to mention like buy my gas to get to the gym um, in my clunker car that was breaking down every other day. I was like, there's no way I'm going to make traction here. But uh, I remember like, and you probably had this experience too, just like watching a lady named Carla do her first push up, um, and just the way that she lit up I was like, Oh my God, this yeah. is where I'm supposed to be. This yeah. feeling I want to make come to life for people every day. And that, that little feeling in me just kept telling me, you've got to keep going. Um, there's so many people in my life that were, you know, viewing fitness as like a hobby or a pastime, or, um, a lot of people thought I was just trying to extend my track and field career and not start the real <laughs> world yet. Which, you know, I think a lot of who I am as a trainer comes from my track and field career, but I also wanted to prove them wrong for doubting me. So there was a little bit of like competitive edge to the approach as well. But I think those were some of my, my limits of like not having the finances to back any growth, not having business experience and just not really knowing what fitness could turn into. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the potential for fitness now is just limitless. And I wouldn't have known that if I wouldn't have just dove in and and tried. That's amazing. I think like the underlying message there is passion as well as purpose. You know, you feel that purpose when you're helping somebody and that drives you to continue. And your bigger mission was that you wanted to make sure that no one had barriers, you know, when it came to their fitness, right. Um, it's, it's just incredible watching you and, and, you know, just your story is absolutely incredible. I think you sharing it is amazing and it really gives people hope, you know, when they're going through, um, negative or tough times. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us today. And, I also wanted to just touch base on your, your, you're pregnant. You are 17 yeah. weeks pregnant. That is so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> From a mom to mom and, and a mompreneur to mompreneur, like how do you envision keeping everything up in your business while, while having a baby? Are you going to take any time off? What's your plan there? Yeah, I, this is a, definitely like a whole new world for me. So any advice you have, I'll take it by the way. (laughs) Um, But I think over the past three years, we've been trying to build something to where we knew we wanted to start a family. Mm -hmm. Um, As soon as we got married, we we were ready to start a family and we've been together for almost 11 years now. So we were like, yeah, let's, when we get married, what are we waiting for? We can't wait to have little kids. So as far as like taking time off, yeah, I'm sure I'll have to, from the YouTube channel, take a couple months off um, and just provide a calendar for people or where I program workouts that have been previously recorded so they can follow along with what I would normally film live. Um, So I'll take care of the community for sure. Even if I'm physically not doing it for, you know, eight weeks or however long I need Mm -hmm. Um, definitely have, I think we have close to 2000 workouts on the channel now. So we've got a bank of content to pull from um, with hiring employees to help us with the merchandise side of things. That's definitely going to help, which as we talked about earlier, we're in the process of, you know, bringing on more help um, and understanding like this time is just so magical and you'll never experience the time of like 
having your first child ever no. again. So my, my health and my baby's health is of course priority. Um, thankfully so far I've felt really great in workouts and, and energy levels. I haven't had any drastic fatigue or nausea and I'm I apologize to any moms out there who are just cursing my name right now, but <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so thankful to have been able to have a pregnancy so far up to this point. That's been pretty, pretty comfortable. Um, and I hope in this mission, uh, I think there's been like a shift in the past decade or so where moms aren't so intimidated about working out while pregnant. And I hope to just continue to be a part of that initiative of, you know, healthy pregnancies and strong pregnancies. Um, where of course things will have to shift a little bit, but you don't have to, you know, lay on a couch for nine months or eat for two people, just maintaining a healthy weight and a strong body. Every single doctor I've talked to, we've had, you know, two or three different doctors uh, through our, our specific medical provider. They all said like every single person that we've come in contact with that's physically fit and active moving into birth and recovery has so much better of an outcome than someone who's inactive. So I hope to kind of keep conveying that to women, like, don't be afraid of, of holding onto some dumbbells. Don't be afraid of continuing to move your body and sweat a little bit, maybe with like a seven out of 10 energy output versus 10 out of 10, but still staying strong and healthy has, you know, I've heard from so many people helped the process of giving birth to your child and then recovering well. So Um, I think going back to like the shooting and losing my brother, it's just going to be another place where I can relate as a trainer to people in a way that I couldn't before. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited for the journey. I'm excited for, you know, the challenge of not quote, getting my body back, but just recovering. And what does that feel like? And I'll be able to relate to women now, whereas before I couldn't obviously. So I'm excited excited for you. Yeah. It's, it's such a fun journey. And, you know, my first son is, uh, he's going to be seven. So when I was pregnant, it was very much like, get your body back. And that's all I was, that was in my head. I love the shift that society in general has made. Like, you don't need to get your body back right away, you know, take, take time. And, and that would be my advice to you. Just soak it all in. It goes, Mm -hmm. it goes fast, soak it in, enjoy all the cuddle moments because one day they're not going to want to cuddle you. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait for that. It's going to be amazing. So Sydney, let us know where we can find you. I'm going to include some of your links at the bottom of, uh, or in the show notes, but let us know where we can find you and connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So YouTube channel is just my name, Sydney Cummings, um, five new workouts a week on there where a program you can follow along day by day. Um, all social media handles are at Sydney Cummings, Instagram, Sydney Cummings underscore, and our website where you can find all of our Sydney squad membership and our merchandise is royalchange.fit. Amazing. And I ask my guests this at the end, what does the word strong mean to you? Strong to me, I think is what I hope my life is a representation of to other people. Um, it means mentally strong enough to handle challenges that will come our way because we, we can't avoid them, but we can definitely grow through them. Uh, physically just showing that strong doesn't have to look like anything specific. It feels a certain way in your body with that confidence and with the muscle that you have. Um, and just in general and in the way that you approach life. Um, I hope anyone that sees me and my story and where I am today and what I've come through can just say it's possible to get through things and come out feeling like maybe a new version of yourself, but always in the pursuit of strong. So strong to me means everything that I hope my life represents. Love that Sydney. Thank you so much again for joining me today and taking the time. 
I cannot wait to share this with everyone. It's going to air next week. And thanks again. I hope we can do something eventually together, maybe a, a workout on strong or, or something fun like that. We'll figure it out. But thanks again for taking the time and congrats on so much. your baby. Thank Bye you now. for having me. And that's a wrap on another episode. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you. And I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing, post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend or post a review and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our Strong Fitness Magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep for more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes and please feel free to use my Strong Girl 3 discount code to save. Guys, I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay. Take care and stay strong.